and welcome everybody. It's uh, Dorothy Polarski from uh, Midday Moms. For those of you that are joining us today, um, I would ask if you could to say hello to us in the chat. Um, I always say that it's kind of exciting to know that someone is actually there. So if in the chat you can just say, Hello, my name is Alice from Alabama, or, you know, Liz, Lisa from Lindsay, Ontario. Please say hello to us in the chat. Um, tell us where you're from. Tell us if you have any questions. Tell us if you're a mother's group leader, you know, please say hello to us in the chat. Um, it makes it, uh, so much, uh, you know, fun when I hear from you. So, hey, great, yay, we've got Adriana Arias from St. Catherine of Siena. Welcome, Adriana, thank you for, for joining us. Um, and don't be shy, you know, we don't bite. <laughs> uh, we've got Liz Garcia, yay, from St. Dominic's Parish, uh, Jeannie from North Scarborough. Um, oh, wow, Bernardine from Cardiff, Wales, United Kingdom. Woohoo! <laughs> last year, we, not last year, sorry, last week we had someone from Hawaii. It was Aloha. Mm -hmm. So, hello from uh, uh, Bernardine. What time is it in? Uh, in Cardiff, Wales, United Kingdom. What time is it that there now? Uh, um, would love to hear. Oh, and then we have, hello, Tina from Midwest US. We've got Sandra from New Brunswick. Yay, thank you for joining us. Um, wanted to, it's 7 p.m. UK time. Oh, good, so that's that's not too bad. I'm glad it's not like, <laughs> I should know. <laughs> I'm not good at math. That's one thing I'm not good at. So anyway, a big, big warm welcome. Thank you all for joining us. I also wanted to welcome Laura. It's so wonderful to have you here. Laura, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Thank you so much, Dorothy. It's so great to be here. Um, I currently live in Prince Edward Island in Canada. I did for a long time live in Toronto, so we just recently moved. And I've been married for 16 years, and I have a little girl who's eight years old. Oh, so what time is it there in PEI? Uh, it's an hour ahead, so we're at three o'clock. You're at three o'clock. Oh, so, too, yeah. So yeah, maybe we should be praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, anyway, I, I do want to um, just begin with a very uh, uh, brief prayer. Uh, so maybe if we could all, if you're at home, um, you know, just to bless ourselves in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, we just ask you, dear Lord, to bless all of the women uh, joining us today. We ask you to bless Laura, and we just ask for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and we just ask that all of the gifts that we've been given at our baptism, that they become just revitalized and renewed, and we'll just pray one Hail Mary to invoke our Blessed Mother's presence. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
So we've got a, a couple of more people that have joined us. We've got Yuchi from Massachusetts. Welcome, Yuchi. Thank you. A big warm thank you for all of you maybe that are joining us for the very first time. I know it's a little bit like, well, who are these people and are they Catholic? What's this midday moms? You know. So thank you for joining us. Um, we've got also here one of our mother's group leaders, um, Mary Lou Bareze from um, St. Joseph the Worker. Now, you know a little bit something about St. Joseph the Worker, don't you? I do. I used to work there. I was the secretary there. Mary Lou was the new secretary and the new leader of the moms group or the co-leaders. So, so happy to see you here, Mary Lou. Yeah, so uh, it's good to see you. Hi, Claude. Hi, Martine. Um, and hello from St. David's Parish. Yes, hello, hello, hello. So for those of you that are here for the very first time, a big, big warm welcome. Uh, who are we and why are we here? Well, I mentioned our program here is Midday Moms. And we work on the behalf of a ministry, a catholicmomsgroup.com, that's three words, catholicmomsgroup.com. We ask that you visit our website and uh, if you feel inspired and you've enjoyed the session, make a small donation. You know, the other day I, I, I went in to check and someone had made a donation. I was like, so excited. Uh, we, we do have expenses, so we appreciate your help. So we work in partnership with the Archdiocese of Toronto, and we are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. And we do so primarily by helping parishes start Catholic moms groups. And um, we are praying, we're praying and hoping that someone here that's joined us today becomes convicted and motivated to start a Catholic moms group. I'm going to play a very short video that we have, um, our ministry video. Um, and uh, right after that, we'll start with our, our, uh, our, our session. Um, so again, our website is Catholic Moms Group. We offer everything that you need to start a Catholic Moms Group, whether it's for moms only, mothers and tots, or virtual meetings. We think it's essential to minister to mothers. Um, and especially now, you know, during the, the pandemic, moms are stretched and overworked, and we hope that you'll join us in ministering to moms. Mothers, by our very nature, we are nurturing, loving caregivers. We are social beings made for friendship and community. We are also spiritual by nature, made by a loving God to know him and love him and to pass this love of our Catholic faith on to our children. But right now, many mothers feel overextended, distracted, and exhausted. Though as Catholics, we have the community of our church, many mothers attending mass could not name the moms sitting next to them in the pew they share. Community and support among Catholic mothers is desperately needed in this hectic and chaotic culture your parish needs you to bring these moms together. Hi, my name is Dorothy Polarski. I'm the founder of Catholic Moms Group, 
We at Catholic Moms Group are on the mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. We exist to bring together like-minded, faith-filled mothers who crave community and are focused on spiritual growth, Catholic teaching, and fellowship. Can you imagine a thriving, engaged mothers group at your parish? A group of moms in love with their Catholic faith, ready to serve other mothers no matter what stage of motherhood they're at. Can you imagine what a difference that would make at your parish? Starting a mother's group, it's not rocket science, but working with a team who's done it before and who's done it dozens and dozens of times sure does help. The Catholic Moms Group membership site is an online community that offers training, resources, and dozens of tools for parishes to help them start a mother's group quickly and efficiently. We're here to provide you with a clear path to launching a Catholic Moms Group at your parish. All of our materials are 100% Catholic. We have clearly laid out meetup plans for both moms groups and toddler groups. We are obedient to the magisterium of the Catholic Church. We have created dozens of tools that are going to save you time and energy. And besides that, we love our Blessed Mother. We constantly turn to her for her intercession. You can make a huge impact in your parish, so join us. We are revolutionizing the way parishes start mothers groups by providing parishes with a Catholic mothers group starter kit and by nourishing and training a community of Catholic mothers group leaders across the world. It's time to start a mothers group at your parish. Join us today. If anyone here would like to start a Catholic Moms Group, please visit our website, catholicmomsgroup.com. And um, yeah, you know, learn more about us. We got today, I was so excited. We got today, um, uh, uh, you know, someone that signed up and paid and we're getting ready to ship our Mother's Group Starter Kit. Guess where? In St. Nicholas Parish, North Pole, Alaska. <laughs> so we are very excitedly uh, packing that Mother's Group starter kit and uh, uh, shipping it off. So if anyone feels called, please visit our website and fill out, you know, the information that we look for there. But anyway, um, you know, I'm, I'm just so excited. I, I sometimes, <laughs> I just, don't you kind of marvel at the miracle of it all? Like, you know, Laura is in Prince Edward Island. There's someone here from the United Kingdom, someone else from the Northwest, someone else from down the street. I, I, I think we don't like relish and celebrate just the miracles that God brings us every single day. We, uh, We've got a fantastic topic today and uh, just praying that the Holy Spirit anoints each and every one of us. And the topic is today, you know, should I have another baby? 
And you know, before we start looking at that question, um, I thought maybe it would be a good idea if we asked Laura just to tell us a little bit more about herself. I had the opportunity of you reviewing your, your resume and oh my gosh, what a remarkable career. Can you tell us a little bit about your professional background, a little bit about your family background, just so we can get a sense of you know who you are? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Um, before we begin, I just wanted to do a shout out to um, Annalisa and Shannon, who are the, the leaders of the moms group at St. Leo's in Brooklyn, um, the group that I was part of um, until my move. So um, they've been a big inspiration to me. So, um, but um, so I am one of three children. Um, and like I mentioned in my intro, I've been married for 16 years. Um, I have a beautiful daughter. Um, and before I became a mom, um, I was career focused. Um, I worked for um, a, a large financial institution in Canada. And so um, I did communications, marketing and event planning. And from there, um, after I had my daughter, I did a few different things and changed gears. So. Yeah, so uh, can you tell us a little bit uh, about your family background? Yeah, sure. So my, uh, my mom is one of 11 children and my dad is one of three. So I have a very large extended family. Um, my parents um, were both immigrants. Um, they came in the early seventies. So what's interesting about my family is that um, I didn't know my grandparents very well and I didn't have a lot of contact with my cousins. So our church family became like my cousins. And so my parents were both very involved in their parish life. Uh, my dad was an organist and a school trustee in the Catholic school system. And my mom was involved in everything. You know, she was a lector, Eucharistic minister, sacramental prep, RCIA, Christmas pageant. And so I really just followed their example and it was the most natural thing. Um, and throughout my youth, I was a youth minister. Um, music ministry has always played a, a big part of my life because my dad was the organist. And so I was a cantor and I was also a lector and involved in RCIA. And, uh, and of course I was a secretary at St. Joseph the Worker Parish in Oshawa. So I, I was privileged and blessed to be able to work with a wonderful pastor there and an amazing team. Yeah, and so can you tell us a little bit um about, um, you know, you, you mentioned this, you know, remarkable uh, career with a large financial institution. You, you mentioned, um, you know, coming from a family that, you know, had a, a, a huge family. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about why you didn't think of becoming like a mom, like right out of the gate, bang, boom. Like, can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, so my husband and I, we got married pretty young. We were like in our mid twenties, but we, we didn't have a plan. Um, a family was something of course that we always wanted, but it wasn't front and center. It wasn't even on our radar. You know, we had both lived with our parents before we were married. And once we were married, we were excited to do whatever we wanted essentially so you know we wanted to travel and we wanted to see new things and time just passed on we really thought we had a lot of time you know getting married young 
Um, and we just were very, both of us were very involved in our careers. We were both moving up. And for my job in particular, I traveled and I went to a lot of events in the evening, which were not really conducive to having a family. And we just liked, you know, we liked nice things. We wanted to do and see things. And we also, I think a, a big part of it too, was that our friends group, um, they were not family focused. We had a lot of single friends and we had a lot of friends that were dating, but a lot of our friend circle were not like newly married couples and, you know, people that were focused on building a family. So it just wasn't something we thought about for years. Yeah, and it, I, I guess, um... I think, you know, can you comment a little bit too about our our culture? Like mm-hmm. our, our culture, like what is our culture? And even those of you that are joining us today, you know, what does our culture tell us, right? What does our culture tell us? Does our, does our culture, you know, do you sense that our culture encourages us to have children? Can you talk? No, about I think our culture really tells us, you know, go to school, get your degree, get that job. And you know what, you've got time to have children in your 30s and 40s. I mean, that's the new thing, like you can have kids in your 40s, but we really don't focus on the fact that the window to have children is very small. And then if something, if there's an issue, if there's a problem, then you have less time. And so, you know, instead of saying, why don't you start your family first and you can always build your career later, it's the opposite. And it doesn't work. It doesn't always work out the way you want it to. Yeah. And I, I know that, you know, even I think as, as mothers, you know, I think very often we are telling our daughters, we're telling our, um, you know, sons, oh, you know, Again, as you say, we focus on the education, we focus on, you know, building up a, a down payment, um, you know, to, to get a home, we focus on getting, you know, certain certifications. And um, so, sometimes, you know, my heart goes out to young girls who maybe do in their hearts, have a desire, you know, to become a mom and have children, and maybe, you know, not pursue a degree like it's it's almost like as if those girls or those women are kind of shamed right yeah Um, and you can't like that's like and 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 again our ministry we're here to be countercultural, right right Uh, I, i think that if anyone here is right now thinking about having another baby and maybe one of the reasons you've joined us today is to discern you know, should I have another child or shouldn't I have another child? Um, I think our first response often to having another child is no. And our first response to having a child is often no later and I can't, right? Right? And it's it's like scary. It's scary that, you know, women that maybe have a natural desire and a God-given gift to procreate that they've bought into, you know, the culture's message that says, no, not now, you can't do that, you know, and, and, and it's, it's a serious, serious affliction of our culture and a serious attack on, on, on women, I think. Can you tell us a little bit about your path of, of becoming a, a mom? 
Yeah. So, I mean, after we were married for a few years, we did start thinking about it. So I was around 30 um, when I started thinking, oh, maybe, you know what, I want to have a baby. Wait, so wait, hold on. on. I just want to get this straight in my brain here. So you got married at 24 and then you waited until you waited six years before it began to percolate. And, and yeah. during, and I, I know it's got to be painful me saying this, sorry, but, um, and, and, and so what do you think maybe that moms can do right now that might have daughters, you know, like you, like, or, or even friends, like, yeah. you know, so here you had like those six years and, and you, and what, what could we do as a culture, do you think, to get the attention of women in those kind of six year period where they're, they're not even thinking about it? Any, any thoughts on that? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think, yeah, I mean, for me, like, I wish that people really stress the time crunch. Because we, like I said, nowadays people say, oh, you can have children in your 40s, but that's not really realistic, right? And I think also encouraging people to have children younger, there's still that time, you know, your children will be older, but you'll still be young, you know? If you have your children at 25, you're, you're going to have a 10-year-old at 35, and you can still work on your career, right? You are always able to, you know, there's no time limit on a career, and so... I think I would stress that. And then of course, there's no greater joy than being a mother, right? And so you're younger, you can, you know, keep up with them too. <laughs> I find as an older mom, it's it's harder. <laughs> and I don't have the energy that I wish I had, you know, 10 years ago. Um, so those are some of the things I would stress. And I, I don't mean to get, you know, too personal, but in, in my own case, um, I didn't get married until I was you know, 30, I forget if it was, I think I got married at 34, but I turned 35 um, a, a couple of, uh, about a month after, about, about a month after. And so I, I kind of was like, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to have four kids and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to be like as driven as I am during my career, I was during my career to starting this family. And then in 1999 I was diagnosed with a rare serious illness that I just like I wasn't you know like no one told me that that was gonna happen right um and and so I'm like oh my gosh like you know I moved out of the house at 24 didn't get married until 34 so yes, you know, 10 years of international travel, yes, 10 years of remarkable career, but then dang, right? <laughs> right. Dang, dang. <laughs> no one told me about, you know, this rare cosmic uh, illness. I, I'm sorry that I, I interrupted you. I, no, no. I I'm, I'm kind of bad that way. So tell, <laughs> tell us a little bit more about your path of um, yeah. So, I mean, so we decided we want to start a family and we started and I, I did get pregnant. So it was really an exciting time. Um, but sadly, in my second trimester, I miscarried. And for me, it was very physically painful. I was off work for a long time. And more than anything, it was emotionally um, painful for me. And, you know, back this was in 2008. So 
back then people didn't really talk about miscarriage. And in fact, some of my friends don't even know that I had a miscarriage because we didn't talk about it. Um, and so, you know, everyone was sort of like, well, just, you know, just move on. And for me, it was harder to do that because just as a person, I tend to be a perfectionist. And so I felt like a failure, you know, I just, I felt like I disappointed my family, my husband, myself, my friends. Like I just felt like it was my fault. And so I didn't want to rush back and try again because I, I just didn't want to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that part of it too, is I, I think it's great now that people are able to say, you know, I've had a miscarriage, you hear about it all the time and they're getting support. And that's, that's a beautiful thing because people underestimate the level of grief, especially when you're a little further along, what that does to you and how that shapes how you think you'll be able to have more children. Right. So if anything, it's a positive thing that people talk about it more now, but back then it it was kind of like brushed under, you know, the carpet and, and not to talk about it, you know? So, um, and then after that, I mean, it took me a long time to get over that. It took me about two years to really say, you know what, I'm over, you know, I want to try again. I I want a baby. And I went to my doctor and said, you know, I want to prepare and do everything. You know, I had this miscarriage and I said, is there anything special I can do? And, you know, because I, I mean, I didn't want to go through that again. And she said, well, you know what? You've been pregnant before. We're not really concerned and we don't really do anything unless you've had three miscarriages in a row. Three. Three. Yeah. They don't. So, they don't do anything unless no, you know. at least then maybe now they've changed yeah. but oh back then gosh. she said three is the magic number and then we would you know try to get you help so that was that was pretty um devastating to me and so I decided to explore other other things because my doctor didn't seem interested and so that's when I really started looking at NFP natural family planning and uh that yeah. that changed that changed my life. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about natural family planning. Yeah, so I was living in Toronto at the time, and um, it's now Fertility Care Toronto. Um, It was Margaret Bourgeois before. And we went to the, you know, the info session, and I was really excited about learning how, you know, to use it. And of course, like, I think all of us hear about it when we do marriage prep, right? And we just kind of go to the course I mean, I wasn't really that excited about it when I went to my marriage prep, but it was always kind of in the back of my mind. And when I went to the session this time, I was really excited because it was natural and it was safe. And when I find, when I did the questionnaire, um, when I said that I had a miscarriage, they pretty much fast-tracked me and said, we're going to get you a doctor. We're going to get you help you need right away. And so I was able to see a doctor um, probably within like three months of starting NFP and learning how to, you know, track my cycles and doing lots of tests in the background to see if there was any issues. And I found out that I did, I did have an issue and I had PCOS and some of you may have it, you know, that um, one of the problems with that is that it's very difficult to get pregnant and even to sustain a pregnancy. So I was kind of relieved that I found out that there was something, but then also discouraged because I knew that my plan for family would be delayed. So 
Um, but I was totally on board. You know, I, I did NFP. I followed every guidance I did. You know, I took the vitamins. I worked out. I did the supplementation, everything. Um, but after three years, I still wasn't pregnant. So I was pretty discouraged at that point. So um, my husband and I, at that point, began to look at adoption um, seriously. But um, by the grace of God, um, right when you give up, <laughs> he has another plan, right? And so I was, I, I got pregnant. So uh, that was exciting. And, and that's my daughter that I have now. Yeah. And, and you know, it, I, I really thank you for, you know, making yourself, you know, so very, very vulnerable and, you know, just sharing some very personal information. Um, I, I know that when, when you go through, you know, something that, you know, you've gone through and, um, and, and, you know, and in my own case, because of this illness, um, I, I was unable to have, you know, more children. I wasn't able to have the family that I had wanted. Um, I, like everything in me was kind of like, kind of bursting and you kind of realize that number one that every child really is a gift from God you know like I think some of these women you know not some of these women but some women that you know maybe have three four five six seven eight nine and they're like oh should I have another one it's like oh my gosh I'm always saying like have a baby and if you decide you don't want it give it to me I'll take it yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, you know, like so often, um, you know, we take things for, for granted, right? We, we take our fertility for granted. We take our health for granted. And, um, you know, if anyone that's here today, you kind of want to ask yourself the question, like, and, and I don't know if you want to share in the comments, you can, you can go ahead and share in the comments, but you know, what is stopping you from having another baby? Like, why are you, uh, you know, why are you saying no, right? Um, I know when I first got married, um, someone, a dear friend of mine handed me a, a copy of Humane Vitae, which is the encyclical on, on human life. And up until that time, I had never read an encyclical. I didn't even know you could. I thought encyclicals were just for popes and religious, you know. Um, if, if you haven't read Humane Vitae, I would encourage you to uh, read it because, you know, it, it, it kind of really helps you see that, you know, that children are a gift. And it also helps us see, I think, the importance of us being generous with with God right and, yeah. and and ask yourself are you being generous with God um, so can you can you just share what, what messages do you have uh, Laura for moms that might be joining us today yeah well I think that like I said I'm a huge proponent of natural family planning I think it's so important um, it not only helps you plan your family in a safe and natural way, but it also gives you indicators for your health. And so for me, I mean, the big message for me is that don't wait, right? I mean, if you have this desire to be a mom, it's there for a reason and it doesn't go away. You know, it's something that you have to 
act on and you are made to be a mother. So that's probably my most important message is that don't waste time um, because if you're like me and there's a roadblock, it may take you like it took me seven years and you know, that's a long time in your window of fertility. Right. And so I would say if, if it's always been in your heart, there's never a good time, you know, God sends you the baby when it's supposed to be there. And so just be open to the possibility and you will never regret that. The other, the, the other thing too, that you've talked about a little bit when we were chatting is like the importance of, of not living in fear, but living in hope. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit? Yeah. So I think that it's important to, if you're someone like me, that is always, sometimes I'm anxious about things and I always think of the worst case scenario. And as time has gone on, I've really learned to worry about the things that I need to worry about, right? So just start and begin what your dream is and what you what your wish is. And you know, more times than not, it's going to be a positive experience and always enter it with a positive outlook and a hopeful outlook, right? If you start off negative, it's, it's going to end up negative, right? And, um, you know, and especially something about like being a mother, it's such a positive experience. The outcome is, it's going to make you fulfilled in so many ways that you could not even imagine. And so I, I would say enter that with hope. And, and it's, it's also important, you know, to remember, you know, the reality of like Satan, I think Satan fills us with fear, right? And, and so, you know, the other thing I encourage moms to reflect on is, um, is, you know, praying to the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit for guidance, because, you know, God does have a, a plan for us. Now, I know that you also had mentioned at one point, you know, the importance of making um, like different adjustments in your life, maybe to mm -hmm. accommodate yeah. a child. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think part of the reason why we delayed too is because we always had this idea that we had to have the perfect environment for a child, right? So we wanted to have a nice house for that baby and, and you know, a nice car and um, have the best for them. And that, I mean, that's really not the case. Um, you know, you can always obviously have friends, hand-me-downs, all that kind of thing, right? Um, but I think also after I became a mother, I realized that I didn't care about my career as much anymore. Um, and so I was open to making adjustments in my life and decided that I wanted to stay home for a little while. And, you know, when you're making this much money and you go down to like <laughs> nothing, it's difficult and you have to say, well, what's important, right? Is family time more important? Um, you know, what are your priorities? Like they, they completely shift. And so for us, we really realized early on that, you know, we wanted to make more time for family and we were willing to make some serious financial um, adjustments. And so for us, that meant like downsizing our home. Um, and ultimately we, we've made this big move um, to a smaller place that is giving us the opportunity to have a lot of quality family time. 
Um, so we were willing to make those adjustments. It's not easy though, right? Um, and it took us years to get to where we are, but I think you have to be open to that so that you can have that time. Yeah, and uh, I remember when, you know, when my husband and I first got married too, we were renting a home. We weren't, we didn't own a home. And, you know, I had my, you know, daughter in those little bucket seats. And I thought, you know, she's really oblivious as to whether this home is rented. Right, <laughs> <Or> exactly. <large>. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, and, and, and two, that, you know, what greater gift can we give our children than, um, you know, the, the, the openness to life and, you know, and, and possibly uh, a sibling. Now, what if having another child isn't um, possible? Can you talk a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So when I had my daughter, I was like ready. Like I was like, okay, my body knows what to do. I'm ready. I want to have a baby right away. And unfortunately I was hit with some very serious health issues afterwards um, that needed attention right away. So that was pretty devastating because when I, when I finally had my daughter, I was 37. And I mean, that's still young enough to have at least one more. Right. And so by the time I had kind of a grip on everything, I was 40. <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, we all know that it's, it, it gets less and less ideal. And, and we tried, I mean, it, I was open to life, but it, it didn't happen. And so, you know, having one child, uh, I think it's, it's not easy, especially in our Catholic culture, because we're supposed to be open to life. And all the moms I know in Catholic moms group, like, I think I'm one of the only few people that have one child. And, you know, people have come up to me and said, oh, you're not a good Catholic because you only have one child. And it's hard. It's, you know, we don't need to be told that we should have more children. Like, we know that. And um, it's something that has taken years to come to, to peace with. But I finally, I think I have, you know, there's a few things. I mean, I definitely emulate the Holy Family. Um, you know, I always look at the, you know, the perfect family. And what are they? There are three members in that family. And so I always think that, you know what, if Mother Mary can have one child, I can be happy with one child, you know? And, uh, you know, the other thing is that of course time, I mean, time is a big healer. Um, you know, I'm at that stage in my life where I'm coming out of those childbearing years and it's a little easier because I know that there's another um, phase in my life that I can look forward to. And so, you know, that brings a lot of peace. And of course, like my daughter, I mean, she is the most beautiful child to me. <laughs> um, she's the most perfect. I, I couldn't have even dreamed about having a child like her. And so I just, you know, focus on her and, you know, try to be the best mom I can be. I look at it like I have one child so I can give her undivided attention and, I try to do that. I mean, it's not always easy, right? Um, being a mom is still being a mom. Um, but I just feel like having her, it just, it makes it all worth it. And then, I mean, the other thing now is I just encourage everyone to have a baby <laughs> as soon as they can. Because <laughs> if I see someone with a baby, that makes me happy. So yeah. <laughs> I did want to just, um, and, and again, thank you for your openness and honesty. I wanted to just go to the chat here. Yes. Um, so um, someone mentions here, Laura, I've had the same experience more than 30 years ago and mm -hmm. also got 
you know, got to know more about reproductive health and I learned about the Billings ovulation method. Um, another mom here is mentioning that, um, you know, that she's afraid of the dangers in pregnancy and to have something wrong and then have the guilt for making the child's life very uh, hard. I'm so grateful for our three children um, and everyone says, why risk it? Well, I, I do want to just speak to um, uh, Alicia. You know, it it really is just something to take to prayer because, you know, if the Holy Spirit, you know, how we say if there's a baby in heaven and it's nudging at your heart and it wants to make an arrival to planet Earth and it needs your cooperation, um, you know, that's Alicia what you have to discern, right? Um, because, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, the, the answer to that, but I would just beg you, you know, not to listen to quote unquote, everyone else. Um, you know, there's a favorite prayer that I have uh, by Cardinal Mercier, a prayer to the Holy Spirit. And maybe um, you could do a, a novena, you know, and ask you know, like God has a plan for our lives. And um, if God wants you to have more children, um, it's important for us to cooperate with God's grace. You know, I think that that is something that's very, very important. Um, another mom mentions that she's very nervous that, um, that, that she's had a desire to have a third child, but everything seems to be going smoothly with the six-year-old and four-year-old and she's saying I don't want to kind of like rock the boat mm -hmm. and again you know Nicolette I'm gonna I'll be praying for you and um and there's nothing more, you know, there's nothing more glorious than blessing your kids with a, a, a sibling. And uh, yeah, there are some sleepless nights. And yes, um, you know, I know because I was having my two children so late in life, I, like, I think my entire pregnancy I spent in Eucharistic adoration. I'm like, please make their eyeballs healthy. Please make this, their nostrils healthy because I was so worried, right? Um, but I, I would ask that you, you know, just to submit to what God's plan is. And I don't know what God's plan is. And two, maybe to see a spiritual director, um, and, and uh, yeah, so just a couple of other messages. Um, there's someone here, Adriana, I'm gonna shout out. She says, I'm 45 and pregnant and very happy. <laughs> I'm like, you that's go amazing. girl. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's, uh, and, and for those of you that, you know, are maybe, you know, my, my I always tell the story of my sister she got married at 39, had her first at 40, and her second at 41. So don't give up hope, you know? <laughs> don't give up hope. Um, there's a couple of other thoughts here. Um, uh, Martine says, I have a whole testament about my sister-in-law and she had four kids. She started at 16 years old and she is blessed 10,000 times. Uh, she suffered poverty, but God is really amazing and provides more than you think. 
um, which is, I think that's the other thing too that that strikes me. Um, and it was a, a, a it was a homily by Cardinal Collins uh, that that so often I think women today, and not only women but all of us, we have stopped believing in God's provision. We have stopped mm -hmm. believing in God's intercession that we have made gods of ourselves. And we think that if we don't do this, 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 and this, and this, that nobody, like we've stopped believing in the supernatural, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and if you don't believe in miracles, they can't happen, right? Like God uh, can provide, and I've seen him in my own life provide in, you know, remarkable, remarkable, uh, mysterious ways. Um, I'm just going through, we've got additional messages here. Um, Gail asks, how long after age 40 did you stop trying due to the increased risk? I don't know if you're comfortable with. Yeah, I mean, I, I never really gave up. <laughs> I just said, you know, I mean, they, they, they kind of warned me, but I, I didn't give up. Like I've never stopped trying, but you know, now I'm, I'm turning 46. <laughs> so, um, but you know what, my, my grandma, um, she, the one with 11 children, she had her last one at 46. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, no hope, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> now, the, the other thing that someone has brought up, I'm not going to mention any names. You can check the chat yourself. Yeah. The, the, the other thing that kind of, I don't know, it kind of freaks me out if, if I don't know what other word to use is uh, sometimes you hear women saying, look, I am done, mm -hmm. not going to happen, not having any more. And so it's like they're not open to God's voice. They've commanded, I'm done. And it's like, yeah. it's like shutting the door on yeah. God, right? And then sometimes too, our husbands are the obstacle. I'm done right and i'm gonna i'm gonna say something it's not this is not a very popular thing when i say this people throw stones but you can't throw stones down <laughs> but i want you to think about this right like how often do you and i have a fight with our husband about a stupid thing you know who takes out the garbage the socks the toilet paper roll we have fights about stupid things and yet we refuse to have fights that are worth having, right? Like, I'm like, where's the St. Joan of Arc in you, right? And it's, I'm like, okay, being open to life, you know, and, and I, I don't know if anyone knows this because I did not know this for years, but being on artificial birth control is a mortal sin. Right, like I didn't know that, I had no idea. And uh, sometimes people get kind of freaked out when I say that, but a, a mortal sin is causing, I always say a block between you and God, right? So God may wanna be showering you with more blessings, but because you have this mortal sin on your soul, you've blocked communication between you and God. And I always say your first accountability is to God, right? So I just beg that you're not in, in mortal sin. I beg that if you are, that you go to the sacrament of, of reconciliation. 
and you know like pray to the holy spirit that that you find a tender way to touch your husband's heart to have you know conversations and um you know i always say that as women we kind of fought for the right to go to back to work we fought for the right to vote we fought for this right but sometimes we've forgotten to fight for life <laughs> you know something that i say and i know it's not popular but i always say we don't have a pro life movement we have an anti abortion movement right like we want to create each of us here I encourage you to have more children and to pray about it, to see if it's God's will, not Polarski's will. Um, do you have any thoughts, Laura? I know I'm going Yeah, to I mean, I, I think I heard you say this at one of the conferences, like you will never regret trying for that baby, but you'll regret not having it, right? So, you know, um, there's, no, there's no harm in <laughs> trying to make it happen. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But do you want to have that, you know, in the back of your mind, like I didn't give it my all and maybe I could have had, you know, one or two, three more children, right? So. And, and Carmela here is saying, my friend just had a baby last year at 46 after she had three miscarriages. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So Amazing. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't want, you know, people to be irresponsible and reckless, but we also want moms to, to be in touch with their hearts, right. And to be in touch with what the Holy Spirit is, is calling them to do. Mm. So someone here has written, uh, I'm a mom of two, three and a half and nine months, and I do love my working life. Mm. I have been thinking a lot about whether I want a third, but I worry about how that would change our lives. I feel guilty that I do want to continue to work even with three kids that I may not be a good Catholic mom for um, wanting to balance both. Um, any advice? Do you have any comments there? Yeah, I mean, I like I was also like career focused, but what I did is I still wanted to work and I still work, um, but I changed, and this might not be something that you're open to, but I, I completely changed what I was doing. So, you know, I, like I mentioned, I was a secretary at a church and, um, you know, that's completely different than what I was doing, but I was willing to, you know, change my career and do something that would allow me to spend more time with my family. Um, so you don't have to stop working, you know, believe me, like I, I was, my plan when I moved here was to be a stay-at-home mom. And after like two months, I was like, I need to do, <laughs> I need to do something, right? <laughs> so I, again, I found something that would not take up all of my time um, and was close by. So I think if you have, if you want to work, maybe compromise on what you do and you can still have that time to build something outside of your family. And um, I, I also wanted to, to speak to, um, you know, uh, Lauren about that whole idea of working. Like, I'll tell you, really, um, I, I've struggled myself with workaholism. I love working. I just love it. And, uh, 
And I know that, you know, I, I used to deliver corporate training programs um, in Australia, in New Zealand. I've, you know, launched many, you know, conferences in the corporate sector, special events. I was a speaking coach, like the adrenaline is real. And it is, you know, when you develop professional skills and you challenge yourself, it is exhilarating, it is exciting. And there were many years that I was at home with my two kids and it was kind of strange because no matter what, like I'm like, I knew I didn't want to do the international travel anymore because um, my husband was still doing it. And I'm like, okay, someone's got to be home. And no matter what job I applied for, it's like, I wasn't getting it. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I almost felt like our blessed mother wanted me at home and she like put me at home. And I'm like picking up Cheerios off the floor and changing diapers. And I'm like, I used to stay in beautiful international hotels. And, and it was in those moments that I saw I was being forced to grow spiritually because there was no longer um, the rewards of the professional life. And it was like, it was almost as if God stripped everything away from me and then said, you can't have any more kids. And I hit rock bottom depression and it affected our marriage because my husband wanted a large family too. And um, I guess I was very blessed to have a mom that used to always say, you know, there is nothing bad that good doesn't come of it. You know, so even when my renal bypass was a disaster for a variety of different reasons. Um, I kept on saying, okay, there's nothing bad that good doesn't come of it. There's nothing bad that good doesn't come of it. And then my mom always told me to, to unite my suffering for with Christ's suffering on the cross. And then she told me to offer it up for a specific intention. And, and at that point I was hosting a mother's group and the Holy Spirit gave me the thought that if through my personhood and my work and my mother's group, if just one mother has an additional child because of the work that we do, that somehow that would be my child spiritually in the spiritual realm. And so from, you know, my personal poverty, Back in 1999 and 2000, I was praying for this moment, right? Praying that we would be here, that Laura would be here, that we would be encouraging those of you that are sitting on the fence to get off that damn fence and have a baby and don't be afraid. <laughs> and realize it's a gift. I'm sorry for going on and on. Like some more questions. Um, how do you get your husband on board if he's hesitant about having another baby? He's worried about stress, finances, and being an older dad. Um, just Tina, a, a couple things there. Offer masses for your husband. Don't tell him. Don't tell him you're offering masses. Offer masses for him and don't tell him. Okay, make them private masses. The other thing I encourage women to do is to write to Mother Angelica's nuns. I have had miracles from those nuns like you'd never believe. <laughs> and uh, I'll be praying for you, Tina. 
Um, and then um, someone else asks, I really want to finish my master's. However, I'm 38 this year. And I feel with my two kids, ages three and six, it's already hard raising them. Having a third child will change the direction in my life. Plus, I'm worried about the fear of complications as it's a high risk pregnancy after age 35. Well, I had my first at 35 and I had my second at 36. So I'll be praying for you, Cheryl. Uh, do you have any thoughts about women that maybe want to pursue their masters, um, Laura? Well, I think the, I mean, like how I see it is that can't you do your master's after another baby? Like it's always going to be there unless it's something, you know, like it's contingent on your career and there's a time frame. Like I know so many of my friends like that are still doing their PhDs and like they have their family and they're like, they wanted to do the PhD, but there is no time frame on it. It was just for their personal, you know, accomplishment. And so, you know, the, I mean, you, you can maybe think about that. Um, does it need to be now? Um, you know, and, and I realize, yeah, with three children, it might be hard um, to go back and study, but I feel like there's always a way, especially in education, it, you can work on your own time schedule, right? So, yeah. Um, any, any other thoughts? It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It's 2.57. Um, does um, anyone else have any thoughts that you'd like to share? Um, how do you know when God wants you to stop trying, I have never felt done, but I don't know if I would, even after seven or eight, maybe that's just me. I think St. Catherine of Siena was like the 11th or 14th child. <laughs> so I, I would welcome a resurgence of women that they feel that that's their life's calling, right? Like, Let's pray for that. I like. I, I would love to have prayer warriors, um, specifically to pray for this intention, right? That to re, because like we're co-creators with God. You know, we're co-creators with God. And are we saying no to God? Like, oh my gosh, right? Um, do you have any closing thoughts, Laura? Before, uh, you know, it's it's three o'clock. I, I want to yeah. thank you. You've you've been so vulnerable and I know it's it's not easy do you have any closing thoughts yeah I think for me it's always always stay in prayer right because God will lead you to where you're supposed to be and I think a big part for me too is I didn't always have those role models and I think um nowadays it's it's easier to find role, role models because you can find them online like Dorothy and there's some incredible mothers on you know on Instagram and on social media that have these large families and I, I really wish that I had seen that because I feel like they make it the most natural thing and how how fun is it to have you know lots of children and um you know so I think that if you surround yourself with good people, and of course the Catholic moms, if you can find a Catholic moms group in your parish, I can't tell you how much it's transformed me because I always thought like, just because I have one child, I'm not a, a good enough mother, right? Cause I, I can't have more, but I've, I've received so many graces by being around those women in that group. And so just surround yourself with good people and, just keep your eye on God, you know, keep, keep yourself in prayer. Yeah. And 
I, again, I, I wanted to thank you, Laura, for just acknowledging the importance of a, a, a Catholic mom's group um, because I, I myself struggled too because, you know, like one of my cousins had five kids, another one of my cousins had, you know, like just all these large families. And I really, really, um, I think it was Sarah Gould, another mom was telling me that there's something called, you know, secondary grief that even though you, that you may not, have lost a baby, but because you can't have one, you're going through grief, right? And I, I remember, um, you know, too, that, you know, whenever I used to see a baby at church, like I was, it just, like, it just tore me apart because I so much wanted it, right? Um, one thing, too, that doesn't get talked about very often is that when, when you have a baby, I always say like, you know, imagine, you know, you're, you're, you're holding a baby and that baby is screaming and crying and that triggers something in you. And so in that you have to face your anger, in that you have to face your emotions. And, and out of love for that child, you want to overcome that which is negative in you. And so then you run to confession, right? And so then that becomes a, you know, a process of sanctifying your, your soul, right? And so if you have a baby, instead of, for example, you know, getting your master's or delaying having the master's degree, or maybe you have a baby, even though everyone around you is telling you not to, that that you know, when, whenever we receive a child, we're receiving God, and that that child um, and that relationship between mother and child, which is so sacred, is is the best self development tool out there. <laughs> I remember, you know, I used to deliver corporate training programs and telling people to go to Outward Bound and take the Anthony Robbins training course or take that. Like the best training course is another baby because it forces you <laughs> out of love for that child to overcome yourself, right? And even our husbands, our family life, um, you know, our husband interrupts us and we're in the middle of something. That's our moment of, you know, sanctification. So um, if God is wanting to bless you with new life, oh my gosh, I, I beg you to say, to say yes. And, and I love too, Laura, I, I love how you have found a peace and purpose in having, you know, and, and so in having one child, I had to find peace and purpose in having the two, you know, and that's what kind of like, I, like I had it set in my brain, I wanted four, right? Um, and, and so no, I, I always say to my kids, I don't have a garden of children, but I have a garden of midday moths, you know? <laughs> and so um, I, I please ask each and every one of you, write to us, you know, write to us at info at catholicmomsgroup.com. I can forward messages on to um, Laura. If you end up having another child because we somehow influenced you, send us a card or tell <laughs> us, because then it'll give... Um, like, I think Laura and I like have that in common, like that kind of crazy supernatural grief that we've come to peace with, you know, um, and, 
you would be blessing us if you sent us an email. Um, it, it just, it, those little emails, they really keep me going. Um, Cause sometimes I think, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? It's like, uh, and I wish I could publish a magazine that encouraged uh, moms in a way that our current culture doesn't. Um, Okay, so Agnes, wonderful chat. I needed this. My husband and I have been on the fence with the third, but this has really melted my final. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I'm going to crack open a bottle of champagne. <laughs> um, and, and if you please go to our website, and even if you don't want to start a mother's group, which is fine, I understand that not everybody wants to become a mother's group leader. But we do have, uh, we're looking for prayer partners. We're looking for women who will devote an hour of Eucharistic adoration uh, for, you know, for reparation for women that are not passing down the Catholic faith to their children and to do a Eucharistic adoration for, to revitalize motherhood as a vocation. And we're looking for prayer partners to pray for women who are expecting to have a, a, a baby and are afraid or want to have, we really want to not only help start mother's group, but we really want to, um, you know, raise the dignity and the supernatural uh, vocation of motherhood. That's why we're here. <laughs> um, so, and don't be afraid, right? I don't know how many times St. John Paul the Great said, don't be afraid. Um, so, uh, it is 3.05. Um, just any closing question? Oh, wait, there's Q&A. Okay, thank you, Dorothy. That was beautiful. Um, I never thought of a child would be a self-development course, but it's so true. Oh, it's so true. I'll, I'll tell you, one of my clients, I used to do um, speaking coaching, and one of my clients was the director of education, and I won't tell you what just to maintain his privacy. And uh, I used to do speaking coaching, right? I'd listen to someone speak and then I'd rip their speech apart and then rip it back apart and then tell them how they can be more charismatic and this and that. And so I'm like, Bill, you know, I had a baby. <laughs> you know what he says to me? He goes, yeah, after you've had that baby, you've become a lot nicer. <laughs> so, <laughs> Like these beautiful souls, these children, they, they strip thing, you know, there are things that we do interiorly for our babies, our children that we would never do for anyone else. And so, um, and I, I always laugh too, you know, I never went to confession more than after I became a mother because I'm like, Oh, you know, <laughs> like you need to go to confession when you're a mother, right? Because sometimes you just be like punching them, like screaming, and sometimes you do scream, and sometimes the mommy monsters come out. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story that'll make you laugh. Uh, my husband and I, we've had a lot of problems with our front lawn. No matter no matter who we hire, we can't seem to get the weeds out and so on and so forth. And I used to always scream at him because our lawn was terrible. I thought it was his fault. Then we had it resotted. It was, we still had problems with it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to go to confession. I kept on blaming him. And so recently we got the weeds all over again. And I keep on telling my spiritual director, 
you know, God is using my front lawn to teach me a few things about me. And the weeds have reappeared. And my husband says, we're getting it resodded. I'm like, what? What's the point? We've already done that. He goes, it's worth it. It'll have you stop complaining. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that came out, that stupid story. But God <laughs> uses things to show us our defects. And I have to go to confession because of some of these things um anyway thank you for joining us we've got um uh, I, I i we've got to end <laughs> and thank you for your patience with me i know sometimes i go on um do you th anything you'd like to say in closing laura i would just say yeah be open to life and if you have daughters like i have a daughter I am going to instill in her that she doesn't have to put her career first. There's no greater joy than being a mom. And if you want to be a mom early, go for it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, just, just the joy of, of motherhood and how, how life-changing it is. Like you said, it's, it's for your self-development as well, but uh, I'm, I'm never going to say, Oh, you know, go to school, work on your career. Cause you can always do that later. <laughs> yeah. And, and um yeah, so encourage your daughters, encourage your friends, um, encourage your daughters and your friends to have more kids. It's, it's so beautiful. So um, thank you, Laura, from the bottom of my heart for your tenderness, your openness, and, and your vulnerability. And to all of you, I'd like to say, like I have sometimes said, I'm so glad we had this time together. Just to have a laugh and sing a song seems we just get started. And before you know it, comes a time we have to say so long. And, and remember that having you know one or two children, if you've been open to life and you know God hasn't allowed you to fulfill your dream, that you can still use that suffering united with Christ, and you can still be fruitful in other ways. So why don't you start a mother's group? Anyway, <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Next week, we're going to be uh, chatting with Heather King about uh, spirituality, alcoholism, and addiction. So we're going to another channel of intensity so uh, hopefully you can join us next week uh, we love you we pray for you we offer a mass every single week for your intentions so uh, please consider sending us a donation bye now